if I didn't have to worry about money, if we would just go to a barter <laughs> system, I would be so... What would you trade? I'd be so rich. What would you use? Think of all the shit in my house. <laughs> I have so much shit. We talked about this. I would just open up all those Ottomans, pull shit out, and I would just barter the F out of all that stuff. Open up your sugar chest. Heck yeah. <laughs> what are you interested in, my friend? <laughs> Look at all the delights in my sugar chest. <laughs> Can I interest you in a Toby jug? <laughs> With you, the sun is shining 24-7 Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars I know I can lean on you Welcome to episode 16 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Kara Birch. And Bria Brown. Hi. Hi. There's a Christmas tree behind you. Is there? So Mm -hmm. I look real festive. You do. It's like a portrait (laughs) of the holidays. That's because when this episode airs, Mm -hmm. there will be less than two weeks until Christmas. I know. I'm terrified. Hey, people listening to this, how stressed (laughs) out are you? (laughs) Hey, Kara and Bria, are you stressed out yet? (laughs) Um, I'm not. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with my Christmas shopping, but I have not decorated anything yet. I can't believe you're done with your Christmas shopping. I am done. Wow. I am super excited and super broke. It's so, (laughs) but that feels so good when you get it done so early. You can just enjoy the holidays. Yeah. Now I'm going to like focus on the decorating. Yeah. I can do all that stuff in like. The mold wine. Oh, bring that on. My family decided to move it up. What we always do every year is. We have a Christmas Eve service at church, yes. and it starts at 9 o'clock. So we do dinner, presents, and then we all go to church. And it feels like you're always looking at the clock. So for whatever reason, last year we didn't do it on Christmas Eve, and I don't remember why because I can't remember anything. And I said, hey, I really liked doing that on a different day. Yeah. So we're going to do that this year uh-huh. on this Sunday I think they're 17th. Oh. So I have got to get my stuff done. We're doing our family Christmas, like extended family, mm-hmm. on December 9th. Oh. So, so you had to rush a little bit yes. and get things done. Yes. So by the time this airs, that'd be over. Uh-huh. We done. Yep. But um, I didn't have to rush to buy gifts because we I we don't buy each other gifts. Oh, that's so nice. Our family is just too much too humongous yeah yeah so we play we do like a gift exchange everybody buys like a 15 dollar gift they're not gag gifts so do you play the hey i want that gift more than this one yes it's a stealing game okay and whoever wants to participate can and whoever doesn't want to oh doesn't have to so you just don't bring a gift correct and i don't bring gifts (gasps) i don't participate (laughs) (laughs) scrooge it's not that i'm i'm a scrooge it's just that I just don't need more stuff. So I just I just like to observe and laugh and watch everybody else. So anyway, I got notes back from my publisher on my first Sugar Sands series book. Yay! <laughs> Actually, they're totally doable. <laughs> I just have to do it. Okay, good. Um, but I want to talk to them first about a couple things. I really want to get a book published soon, a new one out there. 
Let's go. Do it. Do it's it. Been do a long it. time. My readers have forgotten who the hell I am. Hey, um, I'm looking at your at your water bottle. Yeah. And it says um, Dolly Parton vibes. Yes. Did you see Dolly Parton's halftime show? No. On Thanksgiving. No. Oh my gosh, she did the halftime show on Thanksgiving. Okay. For the Cowboys game. So I saw some clips online of people like escorting her, and I could tell it was at a football game. She wore a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit. <gasps> now, how old is this woman? Oh, she's in her 70s. Kara. She looked hot. She looked amazing. <laughs> I was so damn jealous. I, I wanted to cry. She's an amazing person. She looked amazing. And she sang Jolene. Oh, yes. She sang Nine to Five. Yes. And then she sang some Queen songs. <gasps> she sang um, We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to go back and find that. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was a great halftime show. Oh, that's awesome. She did great. And she looked phenomenal. She always does. I could not believe when she came out in those tiny short shorts and that crop top. Good gravy. She still has thigh gap and everything. Shut up. Stupid. Anyway, I love Dolly Parton. Me too. Um, but that just reminded me of that. That's funny. I got this sticker at Culture Flock. Shout out to Culture Flock. Oh, they're going to get a shout out today oh. no matter what. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Are we vibing again? Yep. Oh, excellent. <laughs> As usual. Excellent. Okay. Are you ready to get into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally am. Okay. This... You know what we are here for? We are here for talking about Dolly Parton for an hour? No, sharing our internet search histories. And for that, we turn to... The reading of the lists. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right. Even Stephen Week. So here's my list. All right. Number one, Colorado Funeral Home. There's an update. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Number two, can scorpions survive underwater? Number three, you're going to laugh at this one because I bet you know. What is a beige flag? Oh, this is going to spark some conversation. Excellent. I'm so excited. When was Plinko first introduced on The Price is Right? <laughs> <laughs> and what is an agony ant, as oh, in aunt? Yes. You probably know what that is. I do is. know that one. All right, your turn. My list this week is Kingdom of France, Victor Lustig slash United States Medical Center for Federal Prisoners, Best Books of 2023. Barbie Dream Camper slash Barbie Horse Riding Doll, Lego Harry Potter Hogsmeade slash Golden Girls Lego slash Adult Lego Sets and Gifts. Are you getting into this? Girl. Are we going to be Lego buddies? Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. Oh, my word. I have too many Lego sets. It's a problem. I can almost build the entire Harry Potter castle with the individual sets. Oh, my God. Yep. So, well, we'll talk about it when okay. we get there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Okay. okay. So, we've read our list now, and it's time to play a little game that we like to call Search, Search Me. This is where we each pose one question. Question? question? We tweet your one question to each other, and we see if she can answer based <laughs> only on the reading of the lists. <laughs> 
fucking gravy. You know what? I Ooh. think we should do it like that every time. <laughs> like the priest in Princess Bride. <laughs> the weeding of a wisps. Mowage. Mowage. <laughs> Boings off together today. <laughs> All right. Okie dokie. You're going to go first. I mean, you're going to answer first. I am. What am I playing for? Oh, yes. Okay. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. This is very holiday themed. Excellent. And delicious. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm really sorry. I keep feeding you food. Stop it, Kara. I have eaten every single piece of that candy you gave me for my birthday. Well, I could feel that it was gone, so I thought I better get you some more. This is just a tiny bag. Oh, thank God. Of... Toasty vanilla M&M's. Oh, delicious. Girl. That is the perfect size. Yes, it's a good little size. These are so good. And nobody will ever expect me to share those because they're teeny tiny. So your question is, which of my searches resulted from my vegging out and yelling at the television? When was Plinko first introduced (gasps) on (laughs) The Price is Right? That's Because anytime I watch The Price is Right, I yell at the TV. (laughs) I was trying to let my brain just relax. I mean, like, I mean, I was trying to really unplug here. And I got to searching around. And you know, when you've got internet television, you've got all these crazy TV stations, I guess is what you call them. Mm -hmm. Well, I found one that was running like nine hours of old Price is Right. Oh, my gosh. Episodes. And I love like, The Price is Right is my favorite game show of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's a and good one. I could, I ended up watching it for four hours. Four hours. And it was right in, like, the late 70s, like, 77, 78, 79, 81, 82, right in there. Right when we were born. Oh, it was awesome. Plinko's my favorite game. It's the best. I wanted to know when Plinko appeared. Because I, I thought that was a newer game in the uh, pantheon of Price is Right games. Yes, it's not new. No, it's it's one of the originals, isn't it? It's not one of the originals. It's 10 years after the show began mm-hmm, airing. Mm-hmm. So it's 1983, January of 1983 to be specific. Okay. Okay. I found a little more information as I was searching Plinko. Um, there were varieties. Like it went through a metamorphosis mm-hmm. because the first time they started using it, the chip kept falling off the front of the board oh, no. onto the ground. So then they put a plexiglass thing over it. And then if it got stuck, they couldn't poke it with the stick. So then there were like episodes where the Barker's Beauties were trying to get their hand up inside the plank of board. Of course they made the Barker's Beauties do it. <laughs> the tiny, dainty hands. Then they ended up doing like putting these little things on the front of the pegs to help keep it on the board. Okay. So there was there were yeah. several changes to Plinko. Okay. And also, could, couldn't they have just moved the angle of the board back a little bit? Just angle it backwards so that the chip stays on the front of the... But see, the more straight up and down it is, the faster the chip goes and works. I think the game is... I guess so. I love Plinko. It's so much If fun. I could have my own Plinko board, that's probably all I would do. <laughs> I get it at home so I can play Plinko. Do I win anything? No, but it's fun. Some more interesting facts about the Price is Right pricing games. The first game ever played yeah. was Any Number. Do you any, remember that one? Any number. Any number. Any number. There were four four numbers, and so it's usually associated with winning a car. 
Mm. This card oh. was only four digits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so you had the board and so up at the top you had to say your number. Yeah. And so they'd light the number up, but then below it was a reveal. Yes. And so Bob would hit the button Correct. and reveal. So that was the very first game ever played, and it was for a Chevy Vega. <gasps> it was worth two thousand seven hundred and forty six dollars. Oh my god. And the contestant won it. Then they made sure that any number was Bob Barker's final pricing game on his final episode. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. June 15th, 2007. The contestant played for a Ford Explorer, and it was worth $26,850. That's a big difference. Yes, it is. I mean, That's too much. (laughs) Price is Right isn't my only favorite game. Oh. I also loved Password. Oh, yes. Oh. The password is booger. <laughs> and Scrabble. Do you remember the Scrabble game? I don't game? remember the Scrabble <gasps> game show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. You picked a tile, and they're like, ping, and then, was this in the ping. 80s? Uh-huh. Oh. oh. I love Scrabble. So good. Hey, guys, look it up. It's a good one. Did you have a favorite game? Um, yeah. What is it? So I always watched Price is Right if I was home from school. Of course. Or if it was summertime. Yes. But I also liked um, Press Your Luck. Oh. With the whammy. That was stressful. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. <laughs> and the whammy would come up and... <laughs> and I liked... Um, well, it was originally the $5,000 pyramid, I think. And oh. then it was the $10,000 pyramid. Yes. And then it was the $25,000 pyramid. I don't know what they're up to now because they are still doing that game. Yes, I know. That is a good one. I do. I liked pyramid. Let's just call it pyramid. We would we would crush it on pyramid. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, me. we would. Oh, my Like gosh. that time. What, what was that game we were playing? We made Clint so mad because we knew. We knew the answers right away. I think. Was it, that head up? And, Heads up. Well, it might have been that, but I thought it was um, catchphrase <laughs> where you have the little thing in your hand, the little device in your yes, hand. Yes, and it's ticking down time. And it ticks down the time, and then you have to pass it to the next yes. person. All I remember is Clint getting so mad because we knew. like, because yeah. we played boys against girls. Yes. And he and Sean and somebody else were on a team. <laughs> oh, Gavin. <laughs> they were on a team. And you and me and Laura were on a team. Oh, my goodness. And all we had to do was look at each other. Yes. And we would know the answer because we've been, we, all three of us yeah. have been friends for so long. Yes. Oh, anyway, I enjoyed watching The Price is Right. It was, it was great. So, listeners, tell us what your favorite game show oh, was. yes. Growing up, or if you have one now, if you still watch them. Uh, my sources for the search were thepriceisright.fandom.com. And a little bit of Wikipedia. Okay. Kara, mm-hmm. today for Search Me, you are playing for this lovely quartet. What do we got? Of magnetic bookmarks. Oh! And one side ha- Ooh, even has an arrow where you can put it like on the side of your page and it will tell you this where you the- left off. Yes. If you are not anal like me and I have to start at a new chapter. Here's your question. Which search was prompted by my eldest son unexpectedly treating me to a movie for my birthday? Mm, That's so sweet. It was amazing. 
Now, do you know what movie I went to see for my birthday? I remember you told me, but now it's escaping me. Oh, it was um, Napoleon. Yes. Oh, Kingdom of France? Yes, ma'am. Oh, was that a good movie? It was excellent. It did not feel as long as the runtime said it was. It was two and a half hours, which I guess isn't long for a movie nowadays. (laughs) Well, that's true. But it was super good. And it was unexpectedly funny. Like, yes, I would not expect that like to be intentionally funny. funny. Like I, the first time I wanted to laugh out loud, I didn't because <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" Because you know it's a historical movie about war, right? But he was an interesting guy. I was really confused. Oh, you get to win these. Oh, you yay. win your bookmarks. <laughs> wee wee wee. Um, I was really confused after watching Napoleon. And learning that there was a King Louis the Eighteenth, and I, in my notes here, I have the Roman numerals like they would do. Yes, King Louis the Eighteenth. But then in parentheses, I put Eighteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to do that too. I just didn't want to get it wrong. Anyway, um, I thought the French Revolution got rid of the monarchy, like that was it. I thought that was the whole purpose of it. But this is the U.S. education system at work. I was an avid student and reader. Uh-huh. Okay, so imagine the kids who go to school, and they only learn what comes out of the teacher's face hole, and they only hear or absorb about 10% of that. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, we do people a real disservice with our education. We just don't talk about world history. We don't talk about other countries, hardly at all. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. I'm gonna step down off my soapbox. Okay. Before I hurt myself. <laughs> Anyway, King Louis the Eighteenth. He was played by a Doc Martin actor, oh. Ian McNeese. You know the guy who plays Bert Large, the guy with the big neck. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll try not to have any spoilers here for those of you as equally ignorant as I am about world history who want to go to the movie and learn about world history at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but I was like, huh? I thought King Louis the Sixteenth was the last king of France, and he was guillotined, but he was not. I couldn't be more wrong, actually. The monarchy was restored 15 years after the end of the French Revolution, crowning the brother of the guillotined Louis XVI as Louis XVIII, because oh. Louis Seventeenth was Louis XVI's son, but he died of tuberculosis before he could ever reign. Like, he died during the Napoleonic era okay and technically napoleon was really a king they just called him an emperor but he was basically a monarch so king louis the 17th died of tuberculosis then king louis the 18th tried to reconcile the monarchy with a democracy Mm -hmm. so he tried to do what britain did Mm -hmm. permitting like a parliament and a constitution and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but he really balls it up. It was a mess. Oh, no. And if you're interested, you can look that up yourself. And then his brother became king under the name of Charles X. And he was kind of a dick and tried to take <laughs> things back to a total monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Limiting Parliament's powers, blah, blah, blah. As did his successor, Louis Philippe the First. So this Louis was like, I am not going to be Louis the 19th. I'm going to be Louis Philippe the first. But his reign, because he tried to be so autocratic and everything, it ended in riots and sedition, which was dubbed the February Revolution. Oh. 
And then nearly 50 years after the first French Revolution, the monarchy was abolished and the Second Republic was declared. And the monarchy tried to make a comeback in the 1870s, which would be, it's not hard. It's not hard math. (laughs) Bria, it was, it was 1799. Okay. So basically 1800 to 1870. Okay. So about 70 years, 71 years. Okay. Um, The monarchy tried to make a comeback, but the Third Republic said, nah, and it was never fully restored. Wow. I didn't know any of this. I did not either. So my sources were Wikipedia and Chateau de Versailles. Ooh. Beautiful website, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. I guess I need to brush up on my French history. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend seeing Napoleon. I'll start there. That was kind of my starting point, too. So I can't really judge. Um, but it was it was really good. That's very cool. I'm glad that you shared that with me. We share other things. Like what? Our history. We do share a big history. 20 years plus. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, would you also like to share our week's worth of internet searches? I would definitely love to do that. Let's do it. My first search I'm going to talk to you about is an update on the Colorado funeral home scandal. I Not scandal, crime. I cannot wait to hear this. So you know how you were very upset that no one had been um, arrested? I was very upset. It's because they had fled to Oklahoma. They fled to Oklahoma. Why would that make a difference? Um, They thought, these dum-dums thought that they could avoid prosecution if they left Colorado. Of course they did. See, they should have taken Tig Notaro's advice and gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> That's right. Grown out some facial hair. Yeah, her plan. <laughs> Wear a wig. Right. But they didn't. <laughs> they went to his father's home in Oklahoma. <laughs> this is the worst flight plan ever. <laughs> this is not funny, but I'm just like, you guys, it just... Well, it is kind of funny criminals because... Criminals are so dumb. Come on. <sighs> This was the Colorado funeral home where they found 190 sets of remains that were inappropriately stored over the last four years. John and Carrie Hulford, they're married, and they owned this funeral home, and they were arrested on November the 8th. Name and shame. Let's name and shame. Heck, yeah. Because they were giving people just random cremains. Yes. They looked like ashes. Still no word on what they were. What they are. If they were actually like people ashes or whatever. But they weren't their loved ones ashes. No. Ever. No. That that pisses me off. Oh my gosh. It is so awful. Um, But John and Carrie Hulford are back in Colorado. They've been (laughs) returned by the authorities. And they both faced. 190 counts of abuse of a corpse, over 50 counts of forgery, five counts of theft, and four counts of money laundering. Oh, my gosh. Neither one of them entered a plea, and their next court appearance is very, very soon. I think it's December the 5th. These people need to go away forever. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad they're going to face. How did they know how many counts to even charge them with, though? Well, I guess you count up the corpses. Yes. And you they, just say, yeah, that because they're 190 counts of abuse of a corpse. Oh, my God. So they have found 190 sets of remains oh that they were able. It's really awful. It is going to be this is going to be the craziest documentary how this unfolds. Um, 
but they both have a $2 million bond and her lawyers tried to lower hers to 50,000 because she doesn't have a previous criminal record. And the court was like, are you kidding me? No. Right. And I'm sorry, but they shouldn't have been offered bond at all. I agree. Anyway, my source was ABC News. All right. Thanks, ABC News, for that update. Uh, My first search is Victor Lustig slash United States Medical Center for Federal Prisoners. Victor Lustig was a con artist at the turn of the century, most famous for, quote unquote, selling the Eiffel Tower (laughs) to many a dupe. (laughs) Yeah, he somehow got people to think that they could buy the Eiffel Tower from him. Anyway, um, the dollop, my favorite murder and many other true crime podcasts have featured him extensively. So I won't go into his exploits here, but... What I found interesting when listening to Karen Kilgariff's telling of his life and crimes on My Favorite Murder is that while serving a total 20-year sentence in Alcatraz for various crimes, he contracted pneumonia and was transferred to the U.S. Medical Center for Federal Prisoners, where he died two days later. Oh, goodness. Yes. Is that the one here in our town? It is. Uh-huh. I so, thought that's what you were talking about. So this was in 1947. So here's a little bit about the U.S. Medical Center for Federal Prisoners. Okay. Colloquially known locally here as the FedMed. FedMed. <laughs> and they're always hiring doctors, nurses, and psychologists. So if you're one of those, check it out. There's like a, like, you know, a traffic board, like you'll see like on the highway. (laughs) Yes. They've got one of those set up and it's always saying hiring psychologists or hiring psychiatrists or hiring nurses. And I think, damn, I wish I had done one of those things with my life. (laughs) I could work at the Fed Med. (laughs) Every child's dream. (laughs) Um, It was opened in 1933 after the city of Springfield donated 620 acres which the prisoners originally farmed. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I'm, I'm still shocked at 620 acres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a big place. Do they still have? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, now, farming of the land stopped in 1966. Its original name was the United States Hospital for Defective Delinquents. Whoa. They did not mince words. No, they did not. Back then. They were just like, this is what you are. Like, heads up, people. This is what's going on here. (laughs) You are a defective delinquent. (laughs) Oh, Oh my word. (laughs) We're going to try to cure you at this place. (laughs) Um, But probably not of your defective delinquency, because that's probably incurable. Wow. There were prison riots there in 1941, 1944, and 1959. Goodness. Since then, I guess they got it under control. In 1977, the federal government returned some of the original 600 plus acreage to the city. Okay. So it's no longer that, the grounds are no longer that big. Got it. And there's stuff around it now. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And it's like right in my backyard, basically. (laughs) It is real close. It's real close to where I live. Um, Not in my backyard, but a couple miles. Yeah. Yeah. It's managed by the Federal Bureau of Prisoners with a population of 934 male inmates. Whoa. 
almost a thousand people are shoved in that thing. Oh my gosh. Um, the medical center is staffed by over 500 full-time employees. Now, for those of you who don't live in Springfield, Missouri, it does not look like a prison. No, it doesn't. It looks like a colonial building. I mean, it does still look like an institution, but it's not like gray concrete walls or anything. It's it's actually kind of a pretty building. From Library Historical Postcards website, Green County Library has a historical postcards website. Did you know this? No. It's really cool. Um, they have a postcard with the FedMed on it. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wish you were here. <laughs> Around the holidays. I bet a lot of people wish that their loved ones were there. Directly from the Greene County Library website, it says the hospital was created to care for the physical and mental disorders of federal prisoners in prisons all over the country. There are over 90 of these prisons now. So patients range from minimum security to maximum security inmates, and they're transported from their home institution to the medical center by automobile, bus, airplane. Every two weeks, a 94-passenger airplane starts at the West Coast and jumps all the way to the East Coast, making stops to pick up and drop off passengers across the United States. If a patient has an acute condition, he is either brought to the medical center by chartered plane or is treated in a local hospital. All chronic problems are treated at the actual medical okay. center. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So every once in a while, you might have an inmate at one of the two main hospitals here in mm -hmm. town. Some notables who have come through the FedMed are Larry Flint, <gasps> no Hustler, yeah, Hustler Magazine publisher, John Gotti, head of the Gambino crime family, who died there Yes, in 2002. That was a big old deal. It was. Uh, serial killer Robert Spangler. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. Robert Stroud, the Birdman of Alcatraz. Shut the front door. He was there. Um, he died there, actually, I believe. Uh, Henri Young, bank robber and murderer, who was the subject of the 1990 film Murder in the First, starring Christian Slater, Kevin Bacon, Gary Oldman, and William H. Macy on a rubber crutch. Uh, wow. So I don't know who that real person is, and I've never heard of that movie, but I like all those actors. Yeah, so, but it's 1995. I don't know. If you haven't heard of it, and it's from 1995, it's probably kind of like Bacon Explosion. Bacon Explosion, exactly. Yeah, probably one of those okay. uh, caliber movies. Fritz Duquesne, a Nazi spy, was also housed there. And many, many more. Hmm. I find the FedMed interesting. And I don't know why, but I just do. Well, it's just weird that it's here. I think that's part of it. First of all. Little like, old 
It's like they were just like, hey, where can we put this? <laughs> What's a place with, that nobody cares about? <laughs> <laughs> Let's put this 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 uh, medical prison for like basically mobsters, terrorists. Oh, you know the guy, the terrorist, the blind sheik, shake the blind sheik who was the original bomber of the World Trade Center back in the nineties. He was housed there for a while. Okay. It's it's terrorists, mobsters, um, serial killers. Anybody who has, you know, a federal charge against them who was in one of these 90 prisons run by the Bureau of Prisons, that's where they send them when they get sick. Hmm. And there's a lot of sick people, a lot of sick federal prisoners right now. There's 934. Yeah, no kidding. All men. It's just a male facility. My sources were Wikipedia. The Federal Bureau of Prisons, MCFP, Springfield website, and Green County Public Library's Historical Postcards <laughs> website, which had a lot of information about it. I am, I am definitely going to get some of those postcards. Oh, can you buy them? I think so, yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh, me too. I know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> that was a really interesting search. Thanks. All right. I'm going to talk about can scorpions survive underwater. Sean was watching random YouTube videos while I was working on this rundown. Mm-hmm. And one of them that he <laughs> that he watched was animals in the wild. They're kind of weird matchup fights. Oh so my like, gosh, yes. So, for example, the one that made me search this was a crab and a scorpion were fighting underwater. Um, It turns out they can't breathe underwater, but they can hold their breath underwater for up to 48 hours. What? Yes! And this is a problem because in Arizona, where there are a lot of scorpions, they will get into swimming pools. (gasps) And if they can't get themselves back out, you might happen upon a scorpion while you're swimming. Uh, One more reason to not live in Arizona. I'm telling you, they are one of the creatures that I am most afraid of. They're actually a very interesting animal. I have some facts for you. I'm ready. So the reason, I don't think it's the reason that they can hold their breath underwater, because I searched a lot. I'm trying to figure out how they can hold their breath for so long, but they have what's called book lungs. So they're, and scorpions and other arachnids have book lungs. They're like, folded like oh, uh, like pages of a book. So yeah, that's yeah. why they're called book lungs. They look like pages all together. Oh. Um and so there's like an exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide between these folds. But I don't think that's why scorpions can hold their breath for so long. Cuz spiders can't. I did not research spiders. So don't come at me people. Oh, oh okay. Right. You said some other arachnids, not necessarily spiders. Yes, they also have book lungs, but I don't know if that allows them to hold their breath. Well, I mean, you can drown a spider pretty quickly. Exactly, which I would do immediately if possible. Why I do it regularly. All spiders must die. (laughs) Okay. So scorpions have to have water to survive, but Mm -hmm. they can go for months without eating food. Um, They can survive below freezing temperatures, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because they're in the desert. Um, They typically live two to 10 years, but can live up to 25 years. 
The most dangerous species lives in Arizona, which is called the Arizona bark scorpion. Um, scorpions will attack and eat basically anything. <laughs> so you should be afraid of them. Be very afraid. But they mostly go after insects, lizards, other scorpions, including their own family members, oh. and small mammals like mice. Yeah, yeah. So the reason they end up in swimming pools is not because they want to be in the water. They want the bugs that are attracted to the swimming pool water. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So they go after the bugs and then they, they can't always in. climb out. Oh. So those 20-year-old scorpions, mm -hmm. what's worse than a scorpion? A grumpy old sp scorpion. Yeah, got that right. <laughs> scorpions will sit in one spot for hours waiting for food. They're super patient. When it pounces, it's lightning fast, and its tail will sting its prey over and over and over until it stops um, moving. It's a neurotoxin right. is what they're injecting. Mm -hmm. um, so then it will start to tear its prey apart with its pincers, mm -hmm. and then they spit on the pieces of piece, uh, that they've torn apart, and it has these juices in its mouth that breaks down pieces that they've chopped up and turns it into like a mush because scorpions can only ingest liquidy things they can't like put a solid piece of mouse in its mouth and crunch right. it it's like they're on a liquid diet liquid diet uh, so that's why they have to have water to survive but they can go a long time without food super interesting uh yeah and disgusting. So glad we do. No, around here we do have what's called water scorpions. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a lot of research about those, but they live in the water and they just look like scorpions, but they don't necessarily have the t -t 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 oh the you know. So we don't have scorpions around here. We do. So there are scorpions in southern Missouri. I was gonna say Arkansas, um, yeah. Kansas, Oklahoma. They've got some, uh -huh. but in our area they're not super common. Uh, probably too, what, urban to... I just think it's not the climate. Arizona, yeah. like where it's super dry. I mean, yeah. deserts. Yeah. Apparently, for whatever reason, scorpions like they deserts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Stay there, scorpions. Really? I am fine with that. Yeah. Get my it. sources were Natural Library of Medicine, Britannica.com, azfamily.com, as in Arizona, mm -hmm. and orkin.com. <laughs> Thank you, Orkin. Kara. Yes. My next search mm -hmm. is best books of 2023. Yes. I'm really interested in this. I was looking for a specific book recommendation from the ladies on My Favorite Murder, which I was binging this week. Yes. Taking a break from the dollop. They get a little yelly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my nerves. They have no respect for my nerves. Um, and so I thought, oh. I'll switch to my favorite murder because that's less stressful. Right, everybody? <laughs> totally. I was looking for an actual book that they recommended. I didn't want to listen to the episode again. I was like, surely they have it on their website. Never did find it. I had to go back and listen to the episode. And I kind of knew where they were talking about it. So it wasn't that big a deal. But anyway, long story short, I came across this New Yorker list. Here are the ones that caught my eye. Oh. Now, there were a lot. I'm there sure. were like 20, it, it was like a retrospective of all the books that they've talked about throughout 2023. Oh, okay. Some of them looked real boring. And some of them, I was really surprised at the cover art. Cover art nowadays is getting, it's going real like retro 70s. Like just 
just text and like graphic. I don't know. I'm really interested in cover art because I do judge a book by its cover. Uh oh. I am a I am a huge um, offender when it comes to that. And so if I see a book cover that I think is ugly, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would not oh, pick that up. Interesting. Now that's, you know, obviously that's a hardcover right book in the library. I'm drawn to covers that are aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I do that too. I typically don't pick up yellow books. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just, if it's yellow, I don't even pull it off the shelf. Interesting. Yeah, I do gravitate toward pink and purple books. Yeah, I like red and blue. <laughs> I, I'm always looking at blue books. Blue is what I always pick up first. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, the first one is I Am Homeless If This Is Not My Home by Lori Moore. It's fiction. Here is the description, part of the description from The New Yorker. I totally plagiarized all these. Okay. Okay, because I'm I'm not gonna resummarize. You're giving them credit that somebody else has already done. Yeah, you're okay. giving them credit. In the 19th century, Libby, the proprietress of a rooming house, writes to her dead sister about her new gentleman lodger, who we come to learn is a notorious assassin. Woo! The frame shifts. Now it's 2016, and Finn, a teacher learns that his ex-girlfriend Lily has killed herself. Or has she? Mm. He finds her wandering a graveyard, dirt wringing her mouth. Not deeply dead, but she says, death adjacent. She asks to be taken to a body farm in Tennessee (gasps) and used for forensic research. Finn agrees. Whoa! (laughs) What What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, whoa. I I will be getting this book. And what's that one called? I Am Homeless If This Is Not My Home by Lori Moore. Okay. I'm intrigued. Holy crap. Is the cover blue? It is not. Okay. And the cover is not all that aesthetically pleasing okay. either, but I'll get it on my Kindle and then I won't have to look at it. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one, Liliana's Invincible Summer by Christina Rivera Garza. Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1990, Liliana Rivera Garza, a 20-year-old architecture student in Mexico City, was murdered by her former boyfriend, who suffocated her with a pillow in her apartment. In this book, Liliana's sister, a celebrated fiction writer and historian, memorializes her younger sister while indicting the, quote, underground and constant violence of of entrenched male hatred for women. Mm. Heavy. Yeah. Real heavy, but interesting. I, it's a true crime, you know. Of course. Book from 1990. Okay. That's our jam now. Yes, it is. And the last one, out of all these books, only three. (laughs) It's like, oh, some of these are a little esoteric. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these are too smart for me. The last one is Master Slave Husband Wife. Got it? Got it. By Ilion Wu. Okay. In 1848, Ellen and William Kraft escaped slavery in Georgia by disguising themselves. The light-skinned Ellen as a sickly white gentleman and William as his slave and made their way north by train and steamer. Stressful. Yes. (laughs) But I'm super excited to read that one, too. That one does sound stressful. 
Did you find the book that you were looking for? I did. Oh, good. What was it? Mm, I knew you were going to ask that. Uh Uh-oh, if you don't know, that's okay. It is historical fiction, like medieval historical fiction. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. The book is called Lapvona. Oh, what does that mean? It's a woman's name. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Lapvona by Otessa Moshfeg. Sorry, Otessa. Apparently, she's an amazing author of historical fiction, which I don't read enough of, really. I really went through a historical fiction phase for a long time. Yeah. I think I um, overdid it. I mean, I like books that are set in the past, but usually they're like cozy mysteries and stuff like that, which I don't think really constitutes historical fiction. I don't think it really falls under that. Mm, I don't think I would call that historical no. fiction either. What's that one author that I got really into that your dad read all the time? Oh my gosh, Leon Uris? No. No. Um, oh. oh, his name has just gone from my head. Um, I got I read a lot of his books for a long time. Like I was stuck on his books. Mm-hmm. You were making fun of me because I had just discovered him. He was Ken Follett. Ken Follett, of course. I had just discovered him, yeah, yeah. and you were making fun of me because you're like, my dad read those <laughs> books. <laughs> he did, and he loved them. They are really good, but you better settle in because they are bug squashers. Oh, yeah, because he goes like back to the beginning of time. Yes, and he does. describes how diamond a diamond was made before <laughs> it made its way to this lady's finger yes. in 1922. That is exactly right. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so those were my books of That was a really interesting search. I'm interested in all of those books. I can't wait to settle in, yes. do a little bit of reading over the holidays. Yeah. All right, my next search is what is a beige flag? Okay. All right. Um, I saw this on Instagram, I believe, and I did not understand what it was. Apparently, it's a trend that originated on TikTok. It is a characteristic of a romantic partner that might not necessarily be a deal breaker, but it is strange enough to make you notice. So it's not a red flag, but it's a beige flag. I wanted to search some examples to give everybody a good idea. Mm -hmm. Some people out there are just looking for attention. And they what they call beige flags are ridiculous. But here are a few that I thought were pretty funny. Leaving a few sips in every single thing you drink. Ironing gym clothes. Oh, my. That would be a red flag. I'm sorry. That's a red flag. (laughs) Asking people questions that could be Googled. Yes. That's a red flag for Bria. I knew that you would. F me. It makes if, you so mad. Oh, my gosh. If I was still in the dating world, oh, first of all, I pity the fools. But <laughs> if I were still dating and I dated somebody who constantly asked things that could be Googled, I'd be like, you're basic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time that comes up, I always think of little Casey from our television oh, yes. days. He would I, walk in the room. You guys seen Dave? Uh, Hey guys, what time is it? Hey guys, what time is it? <laughs> there are clocks everywhere. Pick one. Pick one. Sorry, I yelled right into the microphone. <laughs> Cutting all of your foods into bite-sized pieces, including things like bananas, burgers, and popsicles. Yeah. Saying long story short after or midway through a very long story. 
I just did that. <laughs> I almost laughed. I was like, oh my gosh. She I, just did that. I just I just um oh, threw up a beige flag. You did. All right, so Sean has some beige flags. <gasps> what are Sean's beige flags? Now, are these things that you noticed before you got married? No, they are not. These were these came about and I started to notice them after we were married. And now you're sharing them with others. <laughs> And he was okay with that. Okay. and But you're sharing them with others so they might learn. Like, hey, hey, ladies and men, gentlemen, people. Maybe. But beige flags sh- aren't red flags. They're so, not red flags. And but the more research I did about this, like one person pointed out that, you know, it depends on who's driving the bus here. Like you think that someone who asks questions but that could be Googled, that's like a red flag to you. Right. But to other people, that might be a beige flag. So it's all in the eyes of the beholder. Correct. But these are things that I feel are beige flags for Sean, and I kind of think they're endearing. Oh, my and goodness. And they crack me up. Um, I am going to try to explain this. He can't stand the zizzy sound. So like if you have a material that's like zzzz. Like nylon. Nylon, yes. Or we have a cutting board that is, it's hard plastic, but it has that same texture that nylon has. Yes. And he can use it to cut things on, but if he pulls it out of the dishwasher or it scrapes across the counter and it goes, he flips out. It's like nails on a chalkboard to him. Oh, my gosh. He, like, kicks his right leg out to the side, and his face gets all squishy, and he he, he usually goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> he claps his hands really fast, and he <laughs> throws his head back. <laughs> he can't stand it. He can't stand it. All right. One time, a long time ago, he kicked his leg out because he, like, had to get rid of that sound from his brain, and yeah. he kicked the cabinet and hurt his, hurt his toe. Oh, my God. That's been that's probably been 15, 16 years ago. It was <laughs> listen, sometimes things like this cause injuries. Oh man. He does not want to call and order food. He has a thing. Mm-hmm. He does not like to call and order food. I'm the same way. He just hates it. Um, and then you know this one. He'll watch an entire television series, even though he doesn't even really like it. Yes. And his explanation to this is. Maybe the first two or three seasons were really, really good. And he knows that they can be roller coasters because writers come in and writers go out. Right. And so he feels like he should watch the entire series in case it gets good again and the roller coaster goes up the hill. Right. So that's his reason. Yeah. But he commits quickly. Very quickly. It's not like I watched the first two seasons that were good. He will commit like two episodes in and be like, well, I'm in now. Especially if he learns that there are shoot-off series. Yeah. So like those, um, oh, what's an example? Like um, there's a, some Marvel All TV the Marvel series. ones, the, the Star Wars Yes. Stuff yes, Star Wars is getting Disney. so bad. Yeah. So anyway, he he's a committer. Now, I asked him what he thought some of my beige flags oh, were. Oh, this is going to be good. And he was, this is what he said. I can't really think of anything. And I was like, oh, Sean. So I came up with some of my own. Okay, good. 
<laughs> he didn't. He did not want to have that fight. I don't think so, uh, and that's fine. I don't care. I knew I'd. I everyone know. does weird stuff. Everybody does, but he was worried. So maybe I told him I think that he thinks one of my beige flags is that I wear socks while I sleep. Mm-hmm. I have to wear socks mm-hmm. while I sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not. He can't stand it. Doesn't matter if either. his feet are in ice cubes that need to be chiseled out. He will not wear socks. Me neither. I take one bite of my dinner before I leave the kitchen. So we're in the kitchen, we're plating up. Let's say we're having burgers that night or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. I get my burger all built, then I have to take a bite of it before I go sit down. Okay. Whatever the main thing is, like uh-huh. maybe we're having a pot roast. Yeah, you can't wait. I try a bite of the pot roast, but not the sides. I never do the sides. Just the main Isn't course. that weird? I never thought about it before. Hmm. Those are really the only two I... I didn't want to really sit and think about you didn't want <laughs> my to, weird attributes. You didn't want to do any belly button gazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you have any beige flags oh, you can think of right off the oh top man, of your head? Most of mine are red, I think. <laughs> I, I, yeah, off the top of my head, probably did I make a joke about everything? Oh. Especially like, the more annoyed I am about something, the more I'll make a joke about it. Okay. Very, it's very passive aggressive, <laughs> which I think probably would be a red flag to most people. <laughs> um, oh, here's a beige flag. I always resist watching something that's trendy. Oh. For example, right now I'm watching Six Feet Under for the first time, the whole series, <laughs> which came out. In 2001, people, it was so popular and everybody was talking about it and it was winning awards. And I was like, I just can't. I try to not do this anymore, but used to, if someone told me I needed to read a book, I would never read that book. Right. I don't, why? I don't know why. First of all, don't tell me what I need to do. (laughs) Well, maybe that's what it is. I do not like to be bossed. Yeah. You need to read this. Oh, you need to watch this. Oh, you need to. No, no, I don't. Shut up. There's a person at work who is bringing me a book. I didn't ask for it. They just said they think I would like it and they're going to bring it. Like, oh, no. (laughs) The way you said that. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway. um, Listeners, if you have any beige flags, oh, my gosh, please. Yes. Send them to us. What are the ones that apply to you? What are the ones that apply to your partner's? I think one of my other ones, and I'll stop talking about this, is at work. When I finish a task, then I re-straighten my whole desk. Like, put everything back. I'll put my pen back in the pen holder. Put everything. I'll put my notebook over there. You know, get it all straightened. Like, like I'm I'll, done. I'll start over with the next task. Even if you have to take the pen and the notebook back out again? Yep. Oh, my. I just like to, it's like clean slate. Yeah. It it helps my brain. I don't know why it is a bad. That's probably a red flag. No, <laughs> but that's interesting. That I that's how you shut it down, and then every task you do, you want to start from point one. A clutter desk makes me insane. Yeah, I don't like clutter, I, but somehow my desk is always cluttered. I mean, not like super duper cluttered. We know what super duper cluttered looks like. Mm-hmm, yes, we do. But um, so it's not that bad. But I always do have stuff on my desk like um, i don't like to leave bananas 
under my stuff so that they rot. <laughs> <laughs> Who could you be talking I about? Some, I mean, it's just an example. <laughs> I think she's going to recognize herself. Okay. Are we done with beige flags? Yeah, let's move on from hashtag beige flags. Okay, how about from beige flags to beige bodies most of the time? <laughs> unfortunately. Barbie dream camper slash Barbie horse riding doll. I'm all ears. I'm shopping for Quinn for Christmas or was. I'm done. I can get in so much trouble with Barbie stuff. <laughs> I just love Barbies so much. And I've always been a sucker for them. I just love them. But then she comes over and she's like, you want to play Barbies? And I'm like, no, I just like acquiring the Barbie stuff. It's so weird. You're a collector. Oh, that's what hoarders say. But I do. I keep a bunch of Barbies at our house for her to play with. So she doesn't have to always bring toys over. She always has toys. Sure. I'm adding to her collection. So for her birthday in October, she got a Barbie car. Yes. Which is really cute. And she got a teacher doll that had like a little set, like a board and then a, a kid who could sit in the Aww. in the desk and some other stuff. Oh, like a the class pet turtle. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> it's super duper tiny. I love that. In a terrarium. And um I got her another set. Oh, an ice cream shop set. <gasps> Because I had the Barbie ice cream shop growing up, but it was humongous. And you could make real ice cream with it. Oh, my gosh. Allegedly. I never did. This came with, uh, like, Play-Doh. Okay. So you can make ice cream cones with the Play-Doh. There's little pieces of dried Play-Doh everywhere in my (laughs) living room. I keep finding them. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I was going to get her a dream camper, but it was 60 bucks. Oh, no. And that was a Black Friday sale. Which would have been fine, but I've already gotten her some other stuff. I already got her mm-hmm. a bunch of books. So I was like, oh, I don't know, but this dream camper was super cool. <laughs> and I really, really wanted it, but I didn't. For Quinn. Uh-huh. You- for Quinn. I wanted it for her. <laughs> yeah. And so then I checked out um, a horse riding doll because, you know, they make suggestions. Oh, if you like this, you might be interested in this. And so then I found this horse riding doll, which was a little more my speed budget wise. It's a Barbie instructor and there's a little kid who rides this smallish horse. Not a not quite a pony, but you know, it's not a big horse. It's, you know, and the Barbie instructor, you know, leads the horse around. I mean, that's what you would do if you were playing it. Right. That's what Quinn would do yes. if she was playing it. <laughs> and they had like the little helmet and the riding Aww. clothes and all that stuff. It was super cute, but then I was like, oh, I've already gotten her so many books. I already spent so much money. So in the end, I didn't buy either. Okay. (laughs) You should see her sad face, you guys. But now I just keep getting suggestions for all the Barbie stuff. (laughs) All the Barbie (laughs) things. And I want them all. Oh, it's so dangerous. Barbie is super fun. She's so versatile and oh man, and they've so got many so outfits. many outfits. They've got so many cool Barbies nowadays too. Like, oh my gosh, there's one that um has a prosthetic leg. What? Like um a bionic leg? Oh my almost. gosh! And they're just the diversity is so cool. That's great. They've got lots of different Barbies. So, uh, man, my um sources for this were Amazon, <laughs> Kohl's. Yes. eBay. 
Okay. Walmart. See, I priced many, many places, <laughs> hoping that I could find a really good deal. Oh, That's it. I was also on eBay this week. I had a radio when I was a kid, and it was purple, and it had a little shoulder strap on oh. it. Oh. Yes. My brother broke it. I feel like I know what that radio looks like. It's extremely popular. So you can find a bunch of, there were four colors. There uh-huh. was like peach, green, purple, and maybe blue. Mm-hmm. I got the purple one for Christmas one year. And you talk about mind explosion. Yeah. I loved that thing. Mm-hmm. And I was on the front porch roller skating because it was raining and I couldn't go out and play like I wanted to, but I stayed on the porch and it, our porch was big enough that you could roller skate quite a bit. Yeah. And so I had my radio out there and I was listening to music while I roller skated and Eric came out, my brother, and he knocked the radio off of the railing and it landed hard on the ground and then it got water in it because it was raining oh, crap. and just the whole thing broke. <gasps> I hated him for the longest time because that was like, the thing oh my gosh i was so so excited about that radio so i've been trying to find one for years and there is one on ebay that is purple and it has to be purple i don't want that stupid peach one right right you want the one that you had it's like 75 dollars. crap all that stuff is so expensive now because because all of us oldies we want that we want that stuff and we'll pay for it and we'll pay for it Mm -hmm. i'm not paying 75 dollars for that memory maybe if you get some Christmas money from your parents or something. Yeah. Then it's not your money. I did find that someone has created an enamel pin <gasps> of that purple radio. Oh, that would be the next best thing. I am thinking about getting that because yeah. that would make me really happy. Anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. Moving on. Okay, what is an agony ant? Oh. This came from a crossword puzzle I was doing, and the clue was agony ant offering. Mm. And I was like, what the crap is an agony ant? Um, and so I... Wait, let me see if I can guess what? the word. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, tell me how many letters. Six. Advice. Yes. Yeah. That was it. That was it. But this was a timed crossword puzzle. And oh, so... crap. I didn't have time to go because I'm trying to get good scores. And I didn't have time to go look it up. So I just used a clue. <laughs> but I never heard that term. And you're correct. It is a British term mm-hmm. um, for a person, especially a woman, uh, obviously, who replies to the letters of readers in a newspaper or magazine column or an agony column, giving advice, consolation, etc. Um, there are also agony uncles, oh, which is how it started. Oh, I thought maybe that was that had developed from agony ants to be more, you know, equal. Mm-mm. Oh, my so goodness. So in 1691, 32-year-old John Dunton was having an affair and realized there was no one he could ask for advice about it without revealing his identity. Awkward. He was a print and bookseller, and so he launched the Athenian Gazette and asked readers to write in. Thus, the first agony column was born. Uh-huh. It became so popular that he had to hire writers to help him answer the reader's questions. Nice. The agony columns really caught on, and agony uncles were doling out all this advice left and right. But then by 1740, 
1740. This, that's crazy. That's still a long time Agony ago. Agony ants came to the forefront and took over the popularity of these advice columns. Because they realized that these agony uncles were giving out shit advice. Shit advice. <laughs> they couldn't relate to anybody. And all these women were reading this and they're like, this guy is an idiot. I can do better than this. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I can be an agony ant. So that became so popular, it just grew and grew and grew and platforms and platforms. And then from in the 1800s, um, agony ants started using these articles really to um, tout their political views. Uh-huh. And so it kind of started to morph a little bit uh-huh. um, to not only give advice, but then to sneak in like, you know, if Women's you... suffrage. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Things yeah. like that. My sources were CollinsDictionary.com and The Guardian. Oh, so it's kind of like Dear Abby. Yes, exactly. Here in these states. Yeah. yeah. My last search is Lego Harry Potter Hogsmeade, Golden Girls Lego, Adult Lego Sets, and Gifts. Yes, 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 yes. So I shared this on Instagram recently that I made my little um, yeah. red double-decker British bus. Mm-hmm. In Legos, it was super tiny. It was way tinier than I thought it was going to be. Um, and when Quinn sees it, she's gonna she's gonna go crazy because she <laughs> loves those double decker buses. Always has. But it was so much fun, and it was the perfect amount of time. It wasn't like hours and hours and hours. It took me about forty five minutes yeah. because I had to get everything set up. Yes, exactly the way I wanted it. And then I just forgot how fun it is to actually follow some instructions and play Legos because we have blocks for Quinn to play with, Mm -hmm. but it's, and they're the humongous ones, you know, we need to get her probably now that she's older, some more age appropriate ones, but you can only build so many, you know, square structures Mm -hmm. because that's all it is. Yes. And I just, I've gotten to the point where it's like, and Peyton has a, butt ton of Legos and Lego sets. But now they're all mixed up together, all the Ooh. pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, yeah, we could build with Legos, but it's not the same. Like having the actual instructions and going from all these little pieces to actually something that somebody else tells you how to do it is so cool, so much cooler. It's so organized. And it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And it's so relaxing. Yes, it is so relaxing. Oh, my goodness. So I had so much fun building that thing. So when I was doing my own Christmas shopping, yes, finding a bunch of options for Clint to buy for me <laughs> mm-hmm. so that he could surprise me with something I actually want, mm-hmm. um, I fell into the Lego rabbit hole. Oh, boy. That's dangerous. I want them all. Yes. Except for the Star Wars ones. Oh, yeah. Not into that. Um, not my thing. As Peyton would say, but Harry Potter is not his thing, mm-hmm. but it is my thing. So I want every Harry Potter set, cityscapes, TV show sets. Yes. And the typewriter. I know the typewriter. With moving parts. That's $259. Yep. I will never own that. Yep. My brain about exploded. Mm-hmm. So I was looking through all those, but I did find a set. That was a reasonable price that I sent to Clint, and it was the London. It's not really the London skyline. It's a, it's a London cityscape, but it's got the eye, 
the London Eye, and it's got a, a few other things. And of course, it's super tiny. Even after you put it together, it's just like, yes. you know, 12 inches long, maybe. I want that really bad. But I know you do Legos. Mm-hmm. So once you put a set together, do you keep it up? I keep it up for uh, maybe a month so that I can appreciate the work that went into it. Because yeah. the ones that we have take hours right. or days. You've got big, big ones. Days, days. Yeah, yeah. So we leave it up for about a month. And mm-hmm. then this makes Sean crazy. This may be a beige flag. But I then work backwards and I take it apart. Oh. So I don't know how familiar you are with, like, you know, the book. You have yeah. the instruction booklet. And it's yeah. like, book one, here you open bag one. And you, these are the parts you need. Yes. So I go to the back of the book and I start taking the parts apart and then I bag them. So that's bag 27. Oh. And then I bag up bag 26. That's smart, though. Because then so the next work- time you p- put it together. Yeah. But that's what people don't, I guess, Sean, it makes him a little bit crazy because people typically will then super glue those things together and they never take them apart. But I just want to put it together again someday. Right. And you don't want it out cluttering up your house for the rest of your life. It's just another thing to dust. Exactly. I bought a couple, I think about a year ago, that I have not put together yet. Yes, how are you resisting that? I've been so, like, we started this podcast, and then, I mean, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, things have gotten busy. Yeah. But I usually take a week off at Christmas time, and I put together at least one Lego during Christmas Mm -hmm. time. But I've got the Seinfeld apartment, I have Jerry's apartment, and I have the Friends apartment. So they've got the hallway in the middle, and Rachel and Monica's apartment is over here, and um, Joey and Chandler's apartment is over here. (gasps) It's big. <laughs> that is humongo. Yeah, it's big. I think I'm gonna put one of those together maybe this Christmas. Can I help? Of course. <laughs> of course. You do one side, I do the other side. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was specifically looking at the the Golden Girls Lego set. I didn't know there was a Golden Girls. So there please is. tell me all about that. There is. Is it their living room it's or the kitchen? <gasps> and the living room. So it's like if you were on the set of the Golden Girls mm-hmm. looking, you know, at the set, it's the living room, kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Is there a swinging door in between them? Oh, um, there, there has, has to be. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way. I love Legos. Oh, they're so fun. Oh, man. If you are diving down the Lego <laughs> hole, welcome, friend. Oh, man. But Kara. Yes. What about this one? What about this one? Which of your searches didn't make the cut? Here we go. It's a short one. Short list. Sandra Day O'Connor. Chief's Injury Report. Nordic Socks. Barker's Beauties. (laughs) (laughs) Troy Aikman Age. And Purple 80s Radio with Shoulder Strap. Uh, I have a very long, but what about this one list this week? Which is, so we flip-flopped. Ozark Mill Restaurant, Michael C. Hall, <gasps> Five Pound Apparel, Culture Flock, Oh yeah, Casey Chiefs Cups, Pod Swag, Exactly Right Media slash Buried Bones, My Favorite Murder Book Recommendations, <laughs> Pacheco Black Chiefs Jersey, James Fosdyke Art. Georgia Hardstark slash Karen Kilgariff slash Dave Anthony slash 
Gareth Reynolds. Slow cooker corn and jalapeno dip. Mm. World Wildlife Fund. That is an eclectic list. Yeah, that was a lot of Christmas shopping, which I did curate. Oh, yes. Because I, based on who I think might listen to this, I don't want people knowing things. Do you have any listener shout outs? I do. Do you? Yes, I do. Okay, you go first. So I was looking at Apple to see if we had any um, reviews. Oh. And we do. Oh, excellent. So I wanted to read some reviews and give some shout outs. So Penelope Powell, she writes, these gals are great. And I really enjoy the podcast, exclamation point. As a gal of a certain age, I totally relate and really look forward to the show each week. Keep up the laughs, and I'm actually shocked at how much info I'm learning. (laughs) Hey, Penelope Powell. (laughs) We're educational. We're smart. It's kind of of like catching up with besties over coffee or happy hour. How nice was that? Penelope, will you be our honorary bestie? Hashtag Claire Bear writes, every release day is a day filled with new laughter, ridiculous topics, and things I never expected to learn, and lots of joy. Oh, that sounds so nice. And then someone named Heather mm-hmm. writes, gotta love two friends who make each other laugh hard enough to nearly pee their pants. Yes. Exclamation point. Thanks for another great episode, ladies. Two exclamation points. That's a very I, nice Heather. It was a very nice Heather. Thank and you, Heather. I really like how she said, nearly pee their pants. Yes. What are your shout outs? My shout out is one of my sisters. Oh, yeah. She had some insight into Doc Martin names. <gasps> she had one that didn't make the list because it wasn't like one of those peripheral um, patients who was just waiting in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Things. This was an actual character who was part of the plot of the show for an episode. Um, a friend of Aunt Jones. Oh, Aunt Joan. Yeah. A friend of Aunt Jones named Ted Nugent. Now, this was in the early days, so you might remember him. He would chew on his hair, and he smelled real bad. Oh, gross. No, don't. S- I do remember yeah. this one. And I'm going to, my gag reflex is kicking in. Yeah. And I won't say anything else, because Kara's about to throw up. Yes. And I know that Heather, my <laughs> other sister, is watching this show from the beginning. <laughs> And she probably doesn't want spoilers. Oh, the- <coughs> oh my God. Oh, my gosh. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. So Colleen reminded me of Ted Nugent, the hair eater, the hair chewer. Oh. Yeah. Um, I have a serious problem when I find hair in my food, oh. even if it's my own. Oh, yeah. No, I can't, it's over. It, like, it's all over. I, it's Appetite over. gone, can't eat it. And that episode, I remember it very clearly. Yeah. Oh, hell. It is game over if oh. I find a hair in my food. Oh, my gosh. We are done. There. Yeah. Speaking of done. We're at the end. We are. So what do we always do at the end of the episodes? We beg people oh, pitifully please. to rate and review us. Tell your friends about us. Engage with us on social media. Subscribe. Email. Thank you for all the reviews this week. Yes. And you can find us at DTH Gals on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook at Delete This History. Yes. And you can email us at Delete This History Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely, they can. So you have a busy week ahead? Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, me too. But first, before we do anything else, what do we got to do? We have got to go delete our history. You got it. Bye. Bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTHGals. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Energy provided by copious amounts of coffee and pure adrenaline.